There's just so much more to hear. Download our podcasts at DubaiEye1038.com. Book of the Week. What you should be reading. Our Book of the Week on Talking of Books this week is Girl in White Cotton by Dubai-based author Avni Doshi, who is actually with us in the studio today. Welcome. <laughs> Good morning. It's a, it's so um, so lovely to have you in, in the studio because often we're talking about these books and we, we have interviews with authors, but it's over the phone. So it's nice to have somebody actually physically in the studio. Well, this is my first time on the radio, so I'm excited and nervous. <laughs> um, well, what I'd like to do first is get straight, you know, stuck into the book, Girl in White Cotton. Um, I heard you describing it earlier before you came on air and... It was so beautifully done. I'd, I'd like to ask you to share it with our listeners so that they have some context as to what this wonderful book is actually about. Sure. Um, Girl in White Cotton is the story of a mother and a daughter. And uh, the they have a difficult relationship. And the mother is uh, diagnosed with Alzheimer's disease. And the daughter is at a place where she has to decide how to move forward with her mother, how to look after this person who's now... Um, losing her memory and, you know, how to grapple with uh, this difficult past that they share. I think one of the wonderful things about this book is is obviously the writing is, is so powerful and the, the concept behind it is so powerful as you've just described. Would you mind giving us a taste of the opening for, for our listeners? Sure. So this is the very beginning of the book. I would be lying if I said my mother's misery has never given me pleasure. I suffered at her hands as a child, and any pain she subsequently endured appeared to me to be a kind of redemption, a rebalancing of the universe where the rational order of cause and effect aligned. But now, I can't even the tally between us. The reason is simple. My mother is forgetting, and there is nothing I can do about it. There is no way to make her remember the things she has done in the past, no way to baste her in guilt. I used to bring up instances of her cruelty, casually, over tea, and watch her face curve into a frown. Now she mostly can't recall what I'm talking about. Her eyes are distant with perpetual cheer. Anyone witnessing this will touch my hand and whisper, enough now, she doesn't remember, poor thing. The sympathy she elicits in others gives rise to something acrid in me. Our guest, Avni Doshi, reading from her book, Girl in White Cotton. That is the opening. We've not given any spoilers away. But this is your debut novel, and it's just been published, correct? That's right. With HarperCollins in India, it's a fourth estate book. An exciting time. Yeah, very exciting. So I'd like to just briefly talk about kind of the inspiration behind this story. I mean, it's it's very powerful. There's a lot going on. Um, why, why did you write this? Um, it's interesting. Um a lot of people now that they've read it, they're they're turning to me and saying, "Oh, this must be straight from your life." Um, How's I the think, relationship with your mother? Yeah, <laughs> is everything okay? Exactly, and I think it's also the quality of the writing. Um, I, I believe it's it's very direct, um, and I really go into the narrator's head as much as I can, um, but. It's really far from my actual life, very far. Um, I have a good relationship with my mother for the most part. And um, the character in the book, the mother character, she's sort of a rebel, lives on the outskirts of society. Um, she has difficult relationships with everyone in her life. And that's really the opposite of my mother. So 
Um, the inspiration, I think, came from a lot of places. It was, it was things I had uh, experienced as a child, uh, spending time in India, um, looking at things a lot from the outside. And I think when you're a writer, you're in this position of, of observer a lot of the time. And so sometimes it's helpful to have a distance from things. You can almost um, enter uh, more deeply if you're a little far away and look at different angles. I think you bring that into the main character as well because there are moments when she is very distant from what is going on. Um, I would say she's quite broken mm. um, and it's a fascinating description of the interlinked family ties, how um, they can stretch and tangle and almost break in so many ways. So I wondered, did the characters and their relationships grow naturally as you wrote the book or did you have to really fight with them to get them the way you wanted them to be? Um, yeah, I think it was a combination. <laughs> I think it's, it's with these characters, I, I couldn't plot, I couldn't plan, I couldn't think too much ahead. I had to sort of be in the moment. Uh, I had to live with them, breathe with them, sleep with them, eat with them, see what they did, um, leave them in a room together, kind of, and, and see what happened next. Uh, it was really a book that had to be written sentence by sentence. So even really the end, I, I didn't know what would happen until I really got there. Without giving any spoilers, which of course we won't, do you know where the character is going after the ending? Um, I don't, and uh, I'm not sure she does either. Yeah, I, d okay. I, don't, I don't think, um, again, without giving too much away, I, I think, you know, when we come to a point mentally um, where we're on the verge of a breakdown. I think sometimes we really don't know what's going to happen next. I just think it's very... Um, the, the, obviously, the relationship between mother and daughter is fascinating. And as you read through the book, you learn so much more about it. Could you go back into Antara's childhood and discover kind of how she's got to where she is and, wh and why she's like that? And I think you show that beautifully. It's very sparsely done and, and very much from a child's point of view. Mm. Um, so you get the idea, you can see what's going on in the adult world while also realising that Antara doesn't really understand what's actually happening around her and therefore how these little elements are breaking her. I mean, was that something that was really in interesting to write, trying to take it from a child's point of view and, and, and cut out the adult understanding from that? Did you find that hard? You know, actually, the first draft of this book was written entirely from the child perspective. And so I really only started to think about the adult perspective more recently. Um, and you're right, a lot about writing that child's point of view was about, it's about white space, you know, the white space of our memory. I think we don't, if, if you think about even the things you remember from your own childhood, you see there are these huge uh, parts, you know, that, you, that are just completely blank. Mm -hmm. And um, so that was really interesting to play with, you know, what I can fill in and in how much detail. Yeah, and I think playing with memory is a really, uh, obviously it's an incredibly important part of the book, but the idea that different people remember the same thing in different ways, which we know, but again, yeah. you don't think of it, your, your point of view seems, and, and for Antara, her point of view is so valid and so deeply felt that she finds it very hard to accept there might be another point of view. Yeah. Um, and I think that's one of the things that causes such a strain on their relationships. Yeah, and I, I think, um, you know, one of the things I understood much more deeply as I delved into Alzheimer's research is the fact that um, memory is something we actually author collectively. It's something we um, we remember together, you mm -hmm. know, and, and so 
if if somebody else kind of is continuously telling you this didn't happen, this didn't exist, this never happened, you imagined it, you actually begin to believe that even if you're so sure you can, mm-hmm. with crystal precision, remember that memory. Um, you know, you actually start to reform memories in your own mind based on what others tell you. This so. this is an odd time I know to bring up Game of Thrones, but it does <laughs> it does remind me of that quote in the final season from Samuel Tarly where he says, "Death is forgetting." Yeah, and that's that's, that's something that kept coming to me. Total mm. nerd. I think. <laughs> So, Avni, we've been talking about your book already, Girl in White Cotton, but we have a few more questions for you. Now, one of the things that I was thinking of as I was reading the book was that you've got this character, the, the mother character, it's about this fraught mother-daughter relationship, and the mother has Alzheimer's. And when I was going into this, I would expect that the mother with the medical condition would be treated with, that she would come across as this kind person that we could easily I- identify and empathise with. And I, I, it was striking to me that you, you, we were presented with a character who, yes, had Alzheimer's, but was also incredibly unlikable at the start. And I, and I wondered how people reacted to that. Um, I think people have had different reactions to that. Some people, I think, find it quite difficult because um, reading a book with, an, with unlikable characters, I think, is always... Uh, you know, I'm interested in ambivalence. Mm. And I think when you read a book where the characters are kind of tough to really like, and uh, but at the same time, you kind of start to empathize with them. You start to really understand their perspectives. Um, that puts you as the reader in this tricky spot where you're not sure. You know, you have kind of moral issues with what's happening. Um, but at the same time, you know, you can't help but feel for, for what they're going through. So I think I'm really interested in that ambivalence overall. I think a lot of the books I've really loved over the years, like, you know, you can think of Lolita and books like that, where I don't really like the character, but I'm so drawn in and taken by the story anyway. I think you pull that off really well because um, I think it's a really important truth that just because people are ill, it doesn't mean they're nice. Exactly. And I think... But what you do is you equally show that Antara, who is the character that in theory we're, we're rooting for, and you do feel huge amounts of empathy for her, but she's she's not all right either. Um, but to make both of those characters seem compelling and engaging and you want to carry on spending time with them and find out what's going to happen, I think that's really um, you know, a difficult trick to pull off and requires a lot of craft. P- people are messy and you show that really well. <laughs> yes, <laughs> absolutely. I, I did want to ask a little bit more about the background of the book. We've covered some of the themes about memory and family and the sort of tangles of those. Um, I don't think we've really sort of said for our listeners who are obviously going to want to pick this book up where it's set and what the um, initial kind of trigger points are that cause such harm to our main characters. So can you give us a little bit of the background of the setting and the early events? Yeah, so the book is set in um, in Pune, which is a, a city where I've spent a lot of time in India. It's about it's about four hours away by car from Mumbai, and so it's a small city. Um, so it has this kind of small town feeling to it in a large city, if you will. So um, a lot of uh, sections of the early part of Antara's life are actually they actually take place in an ashram, mm-hmm. which is a, a spiritual commune. Uh, they have them all over India, and usually at the at the head, the kind of leader of the commune is is called an like a sadhu or a guru. Uh, you may have heard these words used. So so Antara's mother Tara, she 
um, decides to run off to this ashram, kind of leaving everything behind and taking her young daughter with her. And I think that's really where um, the trouble mm -hmm. begins. Yeah. So... That brilliant, absolutely, and and I, f I mean, I felt that you the um, sense and the the smell and the atmosphere of the town is is, is captured in that um, in the way through both in the in the past and in the present. So you get the sense of it from the child's perspective, and then from Anthara when she's when she's growing up as well. So obviously, you have spent a lot of time there, um, and I was curious why you chose to set your first book in India um, rather than say the states, where I know you grew up. Um, India has always been really like central in my imagination. Um, I spent a lot of time there as a child. And then in my 20s, I lived there for about six or seven years. And um, even I, I studied art history at, at university. And my focus was contemporary Indian art for my master's as well. So my focus has always been South Asian mm -hmm. art and culture. And that really... I think that's really taken hold of my imagination in a lot of ways. Oh, that, that ties into something else I wanted yeah. to ask, actually. There's a, quite a, a strong emphasis on art, and Antara is an, is an artist. She works at home, and she has this fascinating project where she's drawing the same face every day, but she is not looking back to the original. Um, she tells us she's lost the original picture. Um, so each day she draws a copy of the, the previous day's picture, and... And in your imagination, you can see this picture morphing until she holds one big exhibition showing all of them around. Where, where did that come from, th to make her an artist? Is that a reflection of, of you? Um, in a sense, I think I'm fascinated by artists and the work they do. I think I always wanted to be an artist, but I never had the courage to really take it on. And so I sort of studied art history so I could watch artists at work. Um, yeah, I think... I think Visual arts and the literary arts, they kind of have this really interesting um, synergy. And, and I, I feel like I could spend years and years and years just thinking about that and writing about that. So um, I thought it was an interesting way also to play with the idea of memory and uh, to play with, you know, to, to just keep working from what you remember um, and seeing how slippery that can be and how how complicated it can be um, and how your memory can actually betray you uh, in a sense. I, I, I do love that kind of physical representation of the themes in the rest of the book between the characters. Um, and I mean, talking of the characters, you have some, I mean, Dilip, the, her husband, who comes across as straightforward, kind of caught up in this, in this unexpectedly complicated relationship between his wife and his mother-in-law that he'd never expected to have to take part on and, and having to sort of step back or step in and try and work out how he managed it. I think that, again, is fascinating. But did he, is, he, is he based on anybody or is he just the character that seemed to be the right one to balance that relationship? Gosh, I think my husband is probably worried he's based on someone. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, he's not at all. He, um, he was sort of interesting because I had in my mind this idea of probably, if, if anything, he's maybe based on some version of myself that I fear because, uh, uh, you know, this American-born uh, Indian who's kind of a little bit confused and a little bit lost and pulled between these two worlds. And I think sometimes what happens with... Um, Indians born in the States, what I've noticed is that, you know, in myself, sometimes we can take uh, these issues that in in the mother country, they're kind of really complicated and constantly evolving and growing, and they become very reified and rigid and solid um, once you're part of mm -hmm. some kind of diaspora. 
And so I, I was kind of interested in playing with that. You know, what is this kind of, um, you know, Indian from the States going to do now that he's back in India? How does he navigate this place that's home in a way and yet will never be home? I think that's really, really interesting. And and she gives him little digs, doesn't she? Like, she didn't realise then it was a demotion <laughs> when he moved to India. Think, little things like that that make you see that the tensions are also, that she's seeing it as well, that they have this fundamental difference between them, however much they want to forge a relationship. Yeah, and I think I've always felt that to some degree um, when I've spent time in India over the years, that, you know, as much as I think I belong there, there is a kind of a distance as well. And, and I have to really acknowledge it. And again, it's, it goes back to that ambivalence that I find so interesting. Um, it's sort of that pendulum that keeps going back and forth. Um, as we've been talking to you about your, I'm just reminding listeners, we are talking about Girl in White Cotton by Avni Doshi, who is our guest in the studio. As we've been talking to you about it, it's it's apparent that there are so many layers to this and there is so much happening in the inner worlds of, of all of these characters. Do you see yourself as kind of attached to them and wanting to return to them in the future? Or are you kind of, so to speak, closing the book on that now? And do you know where you might go next? Um, I think I have closed the book on on these characters. I think that now they have to make do with what I've given them <laughs> in the future. Um, I I think I still have this. Uh, the narrator has a kind of strong voice, and I think her voice is still in my head. So mm-hmm. it'll take a little while to um, move on to something else. I'm really interested, actually, moving forward and thinking about thinking more about marriage. Um, I think it's so fascinating and um, I think where motherhood kind of was central here in this book and marriage was maybe a little more secondary I I think I'm interested in in turning my gaze a little bit to marriage you're moving through all the m's memory motherhood exactly next I'll go on to the next letter n (laughs) Um, that's unfortunately all that we have time for today but thank you so much for joining us on the show it's been an absolute pleasure talking to you Avni there's just so much more to hear. Download our podcast at DubaiEye1038.com.